Hello and welcome to another Man Up. My name is Jeff Glenn and I'm a pastor here and it's my pleasure to take you through the Word each week. We've been in Genesis and last week we were in chapter 41. And so this week we, we pick up in chapter 42 where, where Jacob is living the dream and, and quite literally living the dream. You know, he had seen the, the butler and the baker's dreams come true. He had just interpreted Pharaoh's dream and he was starting to see that come true with the seven years of plenty and gathering in the grain. And now we see this turn into the first year of the, of the famine and in, in what was Israel where, where Jacob and his family was at, they were just starting to feel the effects of this famine with, with no food. And so Jacob mentions to his sons that they needed to go into his, to Egypt uh, to buy grain. And this created somewhat of some tension. And we see this in, in the first verse here. And it says, when Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you look at one another? So they're having this conversation about, hey, I think there's grain in Egypt. You guys need to go there. And all of a sudden, the, the sons are like casting sideways glances at each other, going, getting all nervous, because this brings up to them the possibility that when they sold their brother Joseph into slavery to the Ammonite travelers, that they were most likely headed towards Egypt, and that's probably where their brother was at. They, they had no idea he was in the position that he was in, but they, they were getting nervous. They'd already, um, in this exchange here, kind of given themselves away a little bit because Jacob's like, what, what's going on here? Why are you guys looking at each other this way? Anyway, he sends them off to Egypt, and they do indeed um, encounter Joseph. But as we read through the story, we know that they, they don't recognize Joseph. Joseph is most likely dressed up um, as an Egyptian, and of course it's been almost 20 years now since they've seen their little brother, and he's grown up quite a bit, obviously, and, and as the governor of Egypt, you know, again, probably dressing that way, and uh, in this uh, encounter here, he uses an interpreter to talk with his brothers, even though he very well can speak Hebrew, um, he's using a translator to kind of keep this at a distance. Now, this is all at the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Um, we see here that Jacob even treats his brothers harshly. Part of what we see here is, is, is a testing of his brothers. His brothers come to him. He's asking them, hey, are you, you, where did you come from? You guys are spies. You're trying to spy out you know, where the weakness in my land is at to, to, a, to attack me. Kind of, that's basically kind of what he's getting at, that you're here to spy me out. And they're like, no, we're, we're, we're honest men. You know, we're, we're just here to get food for, for our family. And so, so it's in that. We, we, know that we know that they're not honest men, um, at least in the fact of how they dealt with Joseph earlier. Um, in this encounter, you know, they, they are being honest that they are there for grain for their family and even in telling him that they have... A younger brother back home. And so um, as the Holy Spirit works through Joseph to, to bring them um, to this place of repentance, because they, their, their conscience was initially pricked in uh, the first verse here, when, when, when they realized that they're going to be sent into Egypt, potentially see Joseph. But then, after they're treated with harshly by Joseph, and we see that um, well, one of the brothers is held back in, in bondage. Now, this, this brother um, was um, not one of the ones who um, 
was initially part of the the plot to 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 kill him and then also to um, to sell him off, but he is nonetheless um, kept back. So he he tells them essentially, um, I'm going to keep your brother here. You're going to go back. You're going to bring your little brother here so that I can verify your story. Um, and he, in doing so, he sends them away with bags full of grain. But in verse 22, we see here uh, this this idea after they leave that that are having this conversation about what just happened with this encounter with Joseph. And in verse 22, and Reuben answered them saying, didn't I not speak to you saying, do not sin against the boy? And you would not listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. But they did not know that Joseph understood them for he spoke to them through an interpreter. So they're having this conversation about look at the predicament that we're in and and Reuben at least um, connects it back to how they treated Joseph 20 years earlier. So I find that very interesting that the Holy Spirit is working through this. We also see a couple of instances here where Joseph actually has to withdraw himself because he's so emotional. Uh, I, I would imagine that you know, after seeing his brothers, after not seeing his brothers for 20 years and being in this position of, of, of being prompted to treat them harshly in order to, to test them and then also to, to bring the whole family to Egypt um, was obviously something that was, was quite distressing for him. But nonetheless, um, he, he was obedient to um, the, the plan of the Lord here in in doing this, and so so they're sent out with with their bags full of grain, and he he tells his men to put th- their money back in their sacks of, of grain. And when they discover this, and again, this is this is an, another test, and um, you know they you know we can imagine many different responses if their heart wasn't in the right place, right? So they're 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 being tested of the uh, posture of their heart towards their sincerity. Um, in telling Joseph that, that they're honest men and they're just here for the purpose of getting grain for their family. You know, but, but if they weren't sincere, you know, they could have just hid the money like from, from each other or from their dad when they got back and found out that they all had their money back. Um, they could have just like made no mention of it, like, like walk by and whistle. Um, you know, they, they, they could have made up some other kind of story um, to, to account for why they had money and grain. You know, they, they also could um, think, well, we deserve this. You know, they could have, because uh, they were of that, um, that posture earlier with Joseph that, you know, that they were better than him. And, and um, they also could have been just like, meh, maybe it's just a coincidence and not even th- thought anything about it. But none of those things were, was what happened. They actually were quite distressed about it. And they, um, you know, as they said here um, in verse 28, so, um, so he said to his brothers, my money has been restored, and there it is in my sack. Then their hearts failed them, and they were afraid, saying to one another, what is it that God has done to us? And so here they're getting the message, at least. They're, they're, they're attributing what's happening to them to the Lord, and we see that they're, that they're afraid. They're afraid of, of what you know, the Lord is doing, and they're you know, could be afraid of what might happen to them, um, of whatever mix-up might have happened, and maybe Joseph would be mad at them and imprison them or, or worse. And then they retell the story um, to their father, Jacob, and he's also grieved. In verse 36, 
he says, And Jacob their father said to them, You have bereaved me. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And you want to take Benjamin? All these things are against me. And so Jacob, who is far off um, from, from Joseph and the actual truth of the circumstances, finds himself in a really bad place where he thinks that, that everything is against him and, and he doesn't see the, the Lord moving in this. So this is a real test of Jacob's faith. We know that Jacob has had many tests of his faith throughout his life, but this is going to be one of the greatest because in, in this, Jacob sees all all of the, you know, everything is against him. But then Reuben steps in and, and, and convinces him um, to, in 37, he says, And Reuben spoke to his father, saying, Kill two of my sons if I do not bring him back to you, put him and put him in my hands, and I will bring him back to you. And so then Jacob's like, well, no. Um, 38, my son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If any calamity should befall him along the way in which you go, then you will bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. So while Reuben is trying to work in Jacob's heart to allow him to go back, and we'll see it next week that that's, that's what happens. But for us, when, when the encouragement for us today is, is, is when we think things are going bad and things are against us, we, we just want to lift our head, and we want to see where the Lord is working, and even ask him, and that, Lord, where are you working in this for me, for my good? Because we have that promise that he works all things for good to those who are called according to his purpose. And so until next week, stay in the word and stay encouraged.